Welcome to Pathway to Faith Podcast, the media ministry of Harvest Church International Outreach, where we elevate and nurture families through the Word of God. We are so glad that you are here and believe that God will change your life through today's message. Let's listen. So the title of my message today is The Church. The church, the church, if I were to give it a subtitle, perhaps I would say the church non-essential business. Say the church non-essential business. What we just said, we said the church, but the church is non-essential business. And when you embrace that lie as a truth, you fail to realize the importance of physically gathering in the house of God. Now, I am not blaming anybody who is not physically here. That's why I'm bringing this letter. And I'm delivering it to your house. Because many of the people are not here because they bought the lie from Pharaoh. Because Pharaoh is the one who said that the church business is non-essential. Oh, God, stay with me now. Let's go ahead. Put up nugget number one. Have a baby dedication so I can't can't uh, go around the mountain too many times. Ready? Read. Say it again. Who is the rock? Because there's a lot of people and entities and organizations that are saying that they are the rock. There's rock insurance. Muhammad says he's the rock. Buddha says he's the rock. Holly Christian says he's the rock. The black Hebrews say that they're the rock. So who, who's the rock? The tower says it's the rock. The Mormon says that they're the rock. Who who is the rock? Nugget number two, please. Go ahead with it. Go ahead with it. I just, I didn't want to labor with it. Go ahead. Come on, come on. Say it like it's the truth. The rock is who? The rock is who? Come on, say it loud so the world can hear it. The rock is who? The rock is Jesus Christ, not Peter. The rock is Jesus Christ. Nugget number three. Let's go. Some people have subconsciously, go ahead. So how can something be unnecessary that Jesus died for? Read it again. Some people have subconsciously reached a decision. I love Jesus, but I don't have to go to church. You don't have to go to church, you know, to serve the Lord. (laughs) I'm going to work with it today. (laughs) The building is not the church. I don't have to go to that building to be in right position with God. And the reason they say those kinds of things is because they don't know their Bible. And the people they're listening to don't know the Bible. So they think it's okay not coming to church. Listening to people who never read scripture. 
Their preacher is somebody at the barbershop or the beauty shop. Somebody telling them what God said and they never read what God said. And the reason they yield to it is because they don't know. And the Bible says, if the blind lead the blind. Nugget number four. The church is a living organism in the spirit realm. You're going to see this morning why, how and why the devil is working overtime to try and shut the church down. Because the true living church is a living organism in the spirit. That gathers in the physical realm. Did you catch that? The church is a living organism in the realm of the spirit. But it gathers physically in a designated place. I'm going to mention it again. Because if you're not gathering, you're not the church. Did you hear what I said? If you're not gathering together, you're not the church. You may be forever so religious, but you're not the church of the living God. And this pandemic has revealed a lot of things to a lot of people. Oh God, nugget number five. Come on, read it out loud. That's why it's important that you physically be here. Because if you are capable of physically being in the house of God and you choose not to, you're not a part of the church. And I'm going to show you in scripture. What nugget are we on? Look at number six. The church. Number six, they still got five up. The church of Jesus Christ is the most valuable entity on the face of the earth for non-Jewish people. Without the church, The Gentile, the non-Jewish person have no access to almighty God. It was through the church that you heard about Jesus, the Christ, the son of the living God. The church of Jesus Christ is the most important or the most valuable entity on the face of the earth at this time for every non-Jewish person. Because it is through the church that we get access to this Jewish boy from Galilee. Oh, Jesus. I think they had enough nuggets. Perhaps they've had enough nuggets, but I'm going to give them one more. Number seven, short but sweet. Say it out loud. He hates the church. That's why he's trying to shut it down. That's why he's deceiving people that it's okay to stay home. Because his ultimate goal is to shut the church down. Now, this is not my message this morning, but you can't talk about the church and not talk about tithing. Because they go together and there's a lot of controversy out there now about tithing. Another trick of the enemy, because without tithing, you wouldn't have the church. Without tithing, you wouldn't have anything to sit your behind on this morning. Everything you say you don't believe about the tithe, you sitting on. We wouldn't even have lights in here if somebody didn't believe in tithing. 
You wouldn't be able to hear the gospel unless somebody believed in tithing. Because it takes money to propagate the gospel. And the devil knows that. And the devil hates the church and everything that's of the church. The places that we built to gather the works of God without the tithing and offering, we couldn't have built them. And nobody's looking for an excuse not to honor God with the tithe and offering unless their hearts are not right. And that's not my message this morning. I'm going to stay. I'm going to stay on, on course here. Are you ready to go? Go to Matthew chapter 16. The church. Non-essential business. And you're going to see how satanic it is. You're going to see how demonic it is. You're going to see this morning how devilish it is for you who once attended church faithfully now have come to a decision in your heart that is not necessary. I want you to see from the word of God, you did not come to that conclusion on your own. You think that was your decision, but you were influenced by the God of this world. Now, now, are you in Matthew chapter 16? Let's let's look at uh, Matthew 16. Let's look at a familiar passage of scripture. Verse 18. I wanted to back up, but you all know this story about uh, Jesus uh, coming to the region of uh, Uh, Caesarea Philippi and uh, they were having a debate as uh, about Jesus and uh, the disciples said some say that Jesus that you're John the Baptist some said that you were Elijah Uh, uh, some say you 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 were Jeremiah Uh, and then then Jesus asked the disciples he said well who do you say that I am (laughs) Leave that alone. Verse 18. And we know Peter went on to say, Jesus, thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus went on to say, you know, uh, you know, that that my, my father in heaven revealed this to you. And he went on to say, upon this rock, I will I will build my church. And the misinterpretation of that scripture, people thought that God was saying he was going to build his church on Peter. Or build the church on what Peter said. And God was saying, in essence, I'm going to build my church on the head of the church, who is Jesus the Christ. Now, look at verse 18. Hopefully I put some things in context. And I say to you that you are Peter. And on this rock, I will build. My church. I will build my church. Now, this this comment here is future tense because at this point, the church doesn't exist yet. Jesus is speaking about the future. Oh, God, I wish I had time because I could tie in Genesis 11 with Acts 2, where in Genesis 11, how people started building the Tower of Babel, they said we will build a tower up to God. And the word of God said that God came down and what confounded their language and did what scattered them. And that's what's happening now. You're either being scattered or you're being gathered. That's what's happening right now. People are being gathered or people are being scattered. But Jesus is gathering. And he's gathering them to the house of God. He's bringing them into his church. And church means gathering. It means a community of believers who gather of the same mind. Are you all listening to me? 
So I'm almost leaving you hanging. I'm sorry we went there. But he, he scattered them in Genesis 11 and he, he never answered Genesis 11 until he gets to Acts 2. And in Acts 2, he also addressed what you just read in Matthew 16, 18. He said, upon this rock, I will build what? My church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against my church. That means those who belong to God, the devil cannot take them out of his hand. The thought, to entertain the thought of not gathering together with other believers is, is, is not a temptation. Why? I belong to him. And I want to be around people who belong to him. Oh, Jesus. Is this helping anybody at all? Turn that down. It's blowing my, just, just a little bit. So the church is built upon Christ, yes? Uh, during the COVID uh, situation, and uh, they, they say we're not out of it, but we're certainly not in it like, like we were in, 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 uh, in the, uh, really as a plague, like in Egypt. And... Uh, but this plague called COVID-19, it killed millions of people. And because people didn't know what we were dealing with, you know, people were running around making decisions, some cases wrong decisions, but try, trying to do something to try to minimize, trying to stop uh, death from just happening. I, I lost friends. One of my closest friends uh, died during covid uh, I mean, people were just dying like flies because of COVID-19. So the government got together and made some decisions. Their initial uh, declaration of what was important and what was not important. As a matter of fact, they got together and said, we can't shut everything down. And they used this word essential. The amazing thing uh, that the CDC, Center for Disease Control, and the HHS, uh, Health and Human Services, and the DHS, uh, uh, Department of Homeland Security, determined, they determined what was essential. And whatever was not essential, talk to me, they shut it down. So they deemed some of these entities as essential, uh, meaning that they had to stay open. Pet stores. The grocery store. The pharmacy. Office supplies. The liquor store. Healthcare personnel were essential uh, workers, first responders, postal workers, oh Jesus, daycare workers. Now I can go on and on and on, you can add to it. But when you get to the end, they did not say that the church was essential. The government decided out of all of these essential elements, the church under these crucial conditions is not necessary. Now, I am convinced that they didn't get that decree from heaven. 
God did not look over the banisters of heaven and speak to the Congress or the senator or the president of the United States and said, this disease is so awful that you need to shut down the church at this time because under these conditions, the church is not essential. But the liquor story is. And the pet shop. I don't want to stay on the pets because, you know, you make folk mad. They came to the position that these were essential entities that no matter what is going on in society, these places must stay open. The church was not recognized as a place in our society that was essential. And over the two years or so that passed, many people who used to gather, they gathered because they were a part of the church, bought into the lie that came from Washington. No, they didn't say it. They just ignored it. They ignored the church, which declared or insinuated the church not essential. And for you to stay home when it's time to gather, it's clear that you have bought the lie from Lucifer. All right, you don't believe it? Let's, 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 let's look at something. Let's go to 2 Corinthians. Let's look at 2 Corinthians. Chapter 4. You know it by heart. Look at 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Look what it says. Whose mind... Come on, read this on the screen. Whose mind, the what? The God of this age. The God of this age. Some translation says the God of this world. He, he's not, it's not his world. The God of this age has blinded. He's blinded. Who do not believe, least the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ who is the image of God, should shine on them. So Paul, by the Holy Ghost, talking to the church at Corinth, he says that the reason there's so much mess in society is not God, capital G-O-D, but is the God of this age, who is Lucifer. And notice that the Bible clearly defines that it is the devil who is in control of this age and the culture. And because the devil is in control of this world system, he decided under these conditions of the plague that the church is non-essential. Now, I've got something to say. Somebody say, say it, preacher. If you were barely making it living for God when you were gathering, How are you living so good now that you don't gather? If you were cussing every now and then and faithfully gathering, how much are you cussing now? If you were fornicating and engaging in adultery when you were faithfully coming to church, how, how are you living now that you don't come at all? If you were barely praying when we were gathering on a regular basis, what is your devotional like now that you don't hardly come at all? And what spirit has told you that you're okay? 
a blessing it was when we gathered before the pandemic. What a blessing. And I don't know about you, but I miss, I kept coming, but, but I missed you. It, yeah, I came every Sunday. I came every Wednesday so you can watch through the electronic or the, through, through streaming or whatever. But it wasn't like you being here. I feel something different with you here that I don't feel when you're absent. There's something about us gathering together when I'm singing to God and you're singing to God. Amen. It does something to my soul. It does something because God designed it that way that the church would gather. And you're not the same when you don't gather. Can somebody say amen to this truth? This determination of non-essential has struck a mighty blow to the church significance at large. You've never seen in our lifetime so many former gatherers who are saying now it's not necessary. Just because I don't gather doesn't mean I don't love God. You're lying. Because if you love him, you'll gather. He paid the price so we could gather. Oh, my goodness. Your nugget number three says people have subconsciously reached a decision that meeting physically for church is unnecessary. I'll put something to it. They not only have come to the conclusion that it's unnecessary, that the church now is highly inconvenient. Because we live in a time now where it's all about us. I mean, why should I get up and do all the things I have to do to go to the church when I can just lay in bed and listen to somebody and call somebody I'm watching on TV, call them my pastor? Oh, Jesus, I know I'm messing with you, but that man on TV is not your pastor. You don't know him and he don't know you. And most of them who do that don't tithe. I'm going to do it. To Harvest Church members, this is not my message today. But if I'm your pastor, please hear me and I'll make some things clear as I go on. If you don't do anything else please tithe you will curse yourself if you don't honor God with the tithe I don't care what some of these popular preachers are saying or anybody else who have misinterpreted the scriptures or yielded to a familiar spirit tithing was something that God instituted it is, it, is, it, is, it is a practice. It is an ordinance. It is a, it is a honor. It is an engagement. It is a worship that you extend to God every time he increases you, that you say to God, I'm thankful and I'm grateful. And you're the one who made it happen. Are you all listening to me? And God says, when you do that, he said, I'll open up the windows of heaven. And I know there's a lot of teaching on grace, but grace is not a license for you to sin. You cannot sin and then say grace covers it. Grace is only extended to you to the measure of giving you time to get stronger, to become more developed and more committed to where you come to a place where you don't need the grace of God in that area because you're maturing. You don't park your car at sin and say grace will cover it. If you're practicing sin, you need to get saved. 
Ain't nobody saying amen, but just me. So Satan has taken this plague. I call it a plague. This calamity, COVID-19. And he has deceived so many. And I'm standing here today being perfectly honest with you. I am really, I don't want to use the word shock, but I'm really perplexed as to some of the people that I never would have thought that the devil would trick them like this. The church is a living organism in the spirit realm that gathers in the physical realm. The church is the gathering community of God. The church, say church. See, church means gathering. If you're not gathering, you're not in the church. The church is a gathering community of God. We love God. We believe God. We're submitted to God. And we come together and encourage one another in the things of God. We sing songs and we praise God together as a community of God. So if we're not gathering, we're not a church. Because a church gathers. Say it, church gathers. Say it again, church gathers. Yeah, say it again, the church gathers. The church is the gathering community of God. Just as Israel was the gathering community of God in the Old Testament. Just as the children of Israel were the gathering community of God, yes? In the Old Covenant. And the world, the known world at the time, they hated Israel and they hate them today. They hated Israel then and they hate Israel today. And behind that hatred is Lucifer himself. And God is not through with Israel. We don't want to get into that. In Revelation where it talks about the 144 witnesses. We're not even, I'm not praying and believing God. I'm going to be around when that comes. But we're now in the age of the Gentile. As a result of Israel's rejection of the Messiah, it opened the door for the Gentile to get in. Are you all listening to me? That's why God had to raise up Apostle Paul. Paul called himself an apostle to the Gentiles. One reason he was able to do it was several reasons. One, he was smart. He had, he had uh, went to the school of Gamaliel. Uh, he called himself a Pharisee of Pharisee, but God had dealt with Apostle Paul's heart to such a degree that Paul knew by the spirit of God that anybody who called on the name of the, of the Lord Jesus could be saved. And Peter didn't have that kind of heart yet. Peter was still prejudiced. Peter thought only Jews could get in because up to that time, only Jews could get in. But as a result of the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ, whosoever would call on the name of the Lord could be saved. Somebody ought to shout over that. I said somebody ought to shout over that. Go to Acts chapter 2. Acts chapter 2. The church gathers. So if the church gathers, what do you think is the goal of the devil to try to do to the church? To stop them from gathering. Why? Because if he can stop them from gathering, he can stop them from being the church. And without the church, you don't have you don't have a platform for the gospel to be preached. And without the gospel, nobody can be saved. And without the tithe and offering, you can't send the messenger. So the devil is trying to shut down the church and her financial support. And he is saying through false prophets that both of them are unnecessary. Tell him what I said. Well, I won't say false prophecy. 
is saying today that both are unnecessary. Listen to me. If you take the church out of here, you haven't seen hell. Here we go. There would be as much hell as you're catching in your family. You would be catching a whole lot more hell if it wasn't for the people in your family who are still praying. You're not praying, but somebody's praying. And you don't know the hell that you would go through if somebody was not still crying out to God. This world has gone mad. I went to visit a young man at the hospital the other day. And he happened to roll up on a situation where a man was beating a woman. And he intervened to stop it. And when he intervened to stop the man from beating the woman, the man shot him 10 times. Just a world gone mad. And if all these things can happen while the church is still here, what do you think is going to happen when the church is called out? Jesus. Are you in Acts chapter 2? Look at verse number 47. There is no church without the gathering. Look at verse number 47. No church. No church. People say, well, the church is not the building. The church is us. Yeah, and we're not, we're not who we've been called and designed to be if we don't come together. I agree with you. I'm not enamored over this physical place. We, we can meet at your house. If that's where God is calling to gather for the, for the church to gather. But we have to gather. You cannot stay away from the gathering and call yourself the church. Why? Because the church gathers. And when I say the church gather, that's not you and your wife or your wife and your husband calling a few of your carnal friends to the house and have Bible study. That don't make you the church. Because the church cannot perfect itself without the apostle, prophet, pastor, teacher, and evangelist. And you can't call yourself one of those offices. God has to call you. As a matter of fact, as much as I love you, I can't make you a minister of the fivefold ministry. That's a divine calling. That's the problem now. We got people passing church who are not pastors from heaven. We got people calling themselves prophets and they're not prophets of God. They're prophets of Baal. And the reason they're tricking so many people is because most people don't know the Bible. They're just quoting what somebody else said and the person they heard quoted, they didn't know the Bible. Because most Christians don't study. So any cult can come along and trick them. There's this black Hebrew movement now. That's sucking, sucking people out of the church. You know, talking about Jesus. I don't want to get into that. But they don't know the Bible. And in some cases, it's not their fault because in many cases, preachers have preached the Bible from a European perspective. And the Bible is not a European book. This Bible did not come from Europe. It did not come from Britain. And we'll have to get into 1600s. And how, you know, the translators got in and translated to the King James. And then you got the King's language in the Bible. I'm talking about the original manuscript was not from Britain. 
As a matter of fact, the original writings had no pictures. It was the Europeans who injected these pictures. And place emphasis on the pictures. So much so, some of you have the picture hanging up in your house. That's not Jesus. Jesus don't look like that. And you can't pray unless you bow in front of that picture. You're borderline in idol worship. Because that picture That person that reflects on that picture, he's not the one who died for you. And all them crosses you got in your house with some image on it. You got to get past that image. The cross was a place of defeat. So if you're going to walk in victory, you got to go through the cross. And come to resurrection. So there's so much mess going on today. So much division. Because of all of this mess. That we've instituted in the church. And called it God. Jesus was a Hebrew. Jesus was a Jew. And he didn't come from Africa no more than he came from Britain. Every author in the Bible was a Jew. Perhaps except one, which was Luke, the physician. All the other writers are Hebrews. Have you ever seen a real Hebrew? And what they look like. If you ever get a glimpse of it. Then you'll get a glimpse of probably how Jesus looked. But only America. Because her racist position. Has placed so much emphasis on how something looks. When the Bible don't have anything to do with your looks. The Bible only talks about your heart. And if you're truly born again and the love of God is in your heart, you love everybody. If he's born again and he's white, that's my brother. If he's born again and he's a Mexican, that's my brother. If she's born again and she's Asian, Asian, that's my sister and yours too. And only the true word of God can wash this indoctrination that we all have been affected by through this American system that makes everything about color and gender and economic status. And it makes no difference what color Jesus was. His color didn't save us. Doesn't make any difference What his hair was like. His hair didn't save us. Doesn't make any difference what color his feet were. His feet didn't save us. It was his blood. And without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sin. Preach the gospel, boy. Preach the gospel. So when we don't understand, when we don't understand the role, R-O-L-E, when we don't understand the role of Israel, we will never understand the role, R-O-L-E, the role of the church. Can I close now? 
Somebody said no. <laughs> Even the E-Church said no. <laughs> Thank you for tuning in today. You can't talk about the church and not talk about the tithe. You can't. Something's wrong when you allow God to bless you and you give no expression back. C- come on, just think. You don't have to be an Einstein. If, if people did not honor God with their tithe and their offering, we don't have a place to gather. We wouldn't be able to have an effect on the mission field. When we got a call from Africa, we wouldn't have been able to address the need if we didn't have members who believed in the tithe and the offering. Now I'm going to go a step further. And if honoring God with the tithe and the offering doesn't make any difference in my life than it does a non-tither, then why do it? If, if there's no difference in me honoring God with the tithe and a person who steal the tithe, if there are no consequences, if your life can be just as good as a person who doesn't tithe, or your life can be just as good as a person who does tithe and you don't tithe, Jesus, if your prayers are no more effective when you talk to God as a non-tither, as a person who prays, who does tithe, you're going to tell me they both get the same audience? Tithing means I trust God. Care what anybody else says or does. I trust God. I honor God. And I get the same response as a person who doesn't trust it. You were just singing at the beginning of the service. All things are possible to them that believe. I believe in tithing. Not only do I believe in the tithing. I believe in the blessing that comes from tithing. My life, this ministry is a reflection of the goodness of God. Because we honor God with the tithe and the offering. Come on, tithers, you can do better than that. And so when you don't tithe, read the book of Acts. You're really engaging just like Ananias and Sapphira. When you come up here and act like you're giving something and you're not. Raising your hand like you're getting ready to give and you don't. Read your Bible. The reason so many people in church do what they do is because they don't know the Bible. Ananias and Sapphira did the same thing in a service. Uh, uh, I believe uh, Ananias, you know, got to church first because his wife was still at home trying to choose what she's going to wear. But Ananias got to church and the man of God said, is this all? And he said, yeah, this is all. And the man of God said, why did you lie to the Holy Ghost? So when you give an offering trying to fake me out, you don't come up here trying to look like to everybody else and to me like you're giving something. You're focused on the wrong thing. And the man of God said, you didn't lie to me. You lied to the Holy Ghost. And Ananias fell dead in the church at the altar. And they carried him out. Then his wife came later after she finally put on what she wanted to wear. Got her makeup right. And came to church and said, "Uh, hey, Miss Sapphira. She she said, "Where's, where's my husband Ananias? They said, don't be concerned about that right now. We got a question for you. Is what you gave in the offering 
Is that all of it? She said, yeah. Didn't my husband tell you? So, 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 so you agree with your husband that that's all? Yeah, I, I agree with my man. We walk together. How can two walk together unless they agree? She started quoting scripture. <laughs> and the man of God said to her, like he said to her husband, that you didn't lie to pass the house. You lied to the Holy Ghost. And she fell dead. And the Bible says a reverence fell over the whole congregation. So I'm saying to you in the presence of my God because he's the one who said tithe. And I'm saying to God, if you have commanded us to tithe and if we don't tithe, we can live the same kind of life, not tithing as we would tithing, then I need to join the non-tithing group. And the reason you think you get by when you don't tithe is because you only tie it to money. But when you don't tithe, stuff breaks down. Car just fall apart. Brand new lawnmower, the tires fall off. Right in the middle of the hottest day, the air condition go out. It's always something going wrong. And you don't have any confidence toward God to change it because you're a God robber. And it's hard to have confidence towards somebody that you're stealing from. Oh, Jesus. So when you don't tie, all kind of things happen. Always getting sick. Kids always getting sick. Something always happening unexpectedly. I mean, it's just like what the Bible says, that the devourer is in your house. It's getting quiet. I didn't say it. God said it. He said, when you honor me with the tithe and the offering, he said, I will rebuke the devourer for your sake. If he doesn't do it, he lied. And if you can live just as blessed and good as a person, as a non-tither, like a tither, God lied. Get quiet. Get quiet. Because without the tithe, in the offering church, you wouldn't have a church. Without the tithe and the offering, Harvest Church couldn't do what she does. We couldn't feed people. We couldn't help people. We'd be in here with candles. And the very people who come to church who don't believe in the tithe, if they came in here and the lights were off, they would be the first to complain. But what kind of church is this? They can't even keep their lights on. Those would be the ones complaining. What kind of church is this? We have to bring our lawn chairs. You mean y'all don't have, y'all don't have pews or, or seat for people to come and sit down in when they come to church? Yeah, we do. How do you think we have them? Where do you think we got the money from? Where do you think we got the money for you to sit out on those pews? And those are not just hard, hard wood benches that I grew up on. We, we put some pads down for you. We, we didn't go to the manufacturer and have a praise service out in the parking lot. And they said, oh, bless those precious people. Let's give them some pews. Where do you think it came? Come on, church. Open your eyes and see that it's nothing but a trick of the devil. And he's tricking you if you don't tithe. And you cannot tell me that your life is better, that you don't tithe, that it would be if you tithe. 
I ought to just ask a few non-tires to come up here and just let me pick out about six of them. And I just want to ask him, is your life better stealing from God? Is your prayer life more powerful stealing from God? What is your confidence level when you go into prayer knowing that you don't tithe? I would just want to ask them. Is stuff always breaking down like the Bible says? Is the devourer in your house like the Bible said he would be if you didn't tithe? Come on, we, we may need three or four testimonies. Because for those of you who don't tithe, I'm not talking to you, I'm talking to the E-Church. For those of you who don't tithe, you're going to tell me, God says, when you honor him with the tithe and the offering, that he would rebuke the devourer for your sake. Are you going to tell me that your life is better Keeping it all. So are you telling me God lied on the tithe? Boy, it's getting quiet in the church. At least 40% of y'all ought to be saying hallelujah. Come on now. Let's not run through it. God says in Malachi 3, you have robbed me. Wherewith have we robbed you? You've robbed me if the tithe and the offering. Now, stingy people get mad when the church talk about money. And then they'll run outside the walls and say, uh, uh, that's all the church talk about. No, that's not all the church talk about. That's just an area that's your problem. See, talking about the tithe and the offering don't make me say it. I honor God with the tithe and offering. He has blessed me. I mean, from where I was to where I am. And I'm not going to get where I am and stop tithing. Now, some of you are clapping on credit, but it's all right. So Satan, Satan hates. Now, the reason I said that, I used to stand up here and say, I don't know who tithe and, and who does. Tithe. And I did that for 30 something years, but I changed that. I changed that because the word of God said, you need to know those who are laboring among you. And so if they're going to be in any kind of leadership or anything or anything close, anything close with the finance, anything has to do with making the vision go forward. I need to know what I got by my side. And I need to guard as the overseer to make sure nobody's putting their hands on the tithe and the offering who's not a tither. You don't have any business nowhere around the treasury if you're a Judas. Because Judas will steal. Oh, God, I heard two amens. That, that means I need to close. Your, your last nugget was Satan hates it. What does he hate? He hates the church, and he hates the church that honors God with the tithe and the offering. Every time you honor God with the tithe and the offering, you're saying to God, God, I didn't do this by myself. God, this is not happening because I'm good. I have what I have because you alone have blessed me. C come on, stay with me. Now. I'm Bible. There were 10 leopards. And Jesus commanded them to be healed and go show themselves to the priests. And the Bible said that the ten lepers turned away from Jesus and started walking toward Jerusalem where the priest was. Because that was the custom. I don't know how far down the road they had walked, 
But at some point, one of them stopped and said, I got to go back and thank him. Because the Bible says that, oh, you got to get this. As they went, hold on. There's 10 leopards. Their, their toes are gone. Their fingers are gone. Earlobes. I mean, they're, they're all jacked up. And Jesus said, you're healed. Go show yourself to the priest. Hold on. When he said it to them, they still, no fingers, no toes, ears done rotted off, other stuff done fell out, and they turn and go. And the Bible says that they were healed as they went. So that they had never turned around to go, they never would have witnessed the miracle. And it's clear that the miracle was progressive because the Bible says they were healed as they went. So before they could get to the priest, they discovered I'm healed and one stopped. How many was it? How many total was it? Ten. What does one represent out of the ten? It's all through scripture. It's all through scripture. Before the law, in the garden, you can eat of all the trees in the garden. But this one, don't, don't touch that one. What, what was that? You see, the, 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 the tree in the garden is the same representation you and I have today when it comes to the tithe. Every time you tithe, you're exercising obedience. And every time you touch it, you're exercising disobedience. Jesus. So the one, the tithe, came back and said, Jesus, I know you sent us to the priest, but you're my priest. And I just want to thank you. Now, wait, get a hold of this. And Jesus says, wasn't it 10 of you? And he said, yeah, yes, sir, there was 10 of us. And then Jesus, hold on now. And Jesus said, well, where are the other nine? Ah. So that means he expected them to come back and thank him too. And what did Jesus do? Jesus said, because you tithe, you're not only healed, but I don't make you whole. Because <laughs> it's a blessing when you tithe. You get blessed different when you're a tither than you are a non-tither. Jesus said, I'm going to make you whole. The other ones are healed, but I'm going to make your toes come back. I'm going to make your fingers come back. You're going to get new ears and new eyesight. I'm going to make you whole from the top of your head to the soles of your feet. So when you honor God with the tithe and the offering, you are bold in your prayer. You're bold when you come before him. You know when you ask, he must answer. Why? Because you only do those things that are pleasing in his sight. Perhaps I didn't do an upstart job, but hopefully you got this today. The church gathers. And if you're not gathering, you're not the church. So you're either gathering or you're scattering. And the shepherd is gathering his sheep. And you ought to thank God you still love God. Through this, through this, this pandemic, through this, uh, this virus or this plague that hit this country, and you still are anchored in God when so many people came unglued. You ought to thank God that you still love him. 
and still understand the, the purpose of gathering in the house of God. You're here today because you're a part of the church of the living God. Because the church of Jesus, it gathers, it doesn't scatter. I said the church of the Lord Jesus Christ, it gathers. And they're gathering all around the world. All around the world, people have gathered to certain places to worship God. Because the true church, it gathers, it doesn't scatter. Thank you for joining us. Special thanks to those of you who give generously and make this ministry outreach possible. Click the link in the description to give now or visit hcio.org slash podcast for more information. Be sure to subscribe and share this podcast with your friends. Even tag us on social media at Harvest Church KC. Thanks again for listening.